the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280, the Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280, the Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Hashtag Narn Show for any comments or questions. And again, we appreciate you tuning in. And we do have the uh, we do not have the live stream up and running as yet on our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Probably do that later in the show. But uh, if you want to follow along at the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, feel free to do so. Just do a search for Northern Alliance Radio Network at Facebook. Give us a like and a follow if you haven't done so already. And yeah, typically when we get a video up and running, you'll get a notification. Uh, saying as much, and then you can uh, tune in. So I'm actually going to save the live stream for later in the show uh, when we have a very special in-studio guest uh, last couple of segments. And then I'm done for like five weeks. Uh, (laughs) Just a programming note, I will be out the entire month of July. Yeah, there are five Sundays in July, and between family coming to visit around Fourth of July weekend and a work trip for my day job, and the last week of the month, my wife and I are going on vacation out in the West Coast. I was only going to be around for one, maybe two Sundays in July. And I said, you know what? Can I just take a hiatus? And uh, the powers that be here at Salem Twin Cities, always very, very kind and generous uh, whenever I have a request uh, along those lines. I think I took off the month of February uh, in early 2021. After President Biden was inaugurated, then I took off the entire month of February uh, just to kind of recharge a little bit, given everything that happened at the end of 2020 into early 2021. Felt like I needed a break, and uh, it was the best thing that happened to me. And so when I come back Sunday, August 7th, uh, we're going to be hitting the ground running. That's two days before primary day here in Minnesota, and then it's a three-month sprint to the general election. Hard to believe we're talking about that already, because when the general election is only a I mean, it's, well, it's barely over four months from now. So we're about halfway through 2022. Imagine that, folks. Halfway through 2022 almost. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. So just a special programming note there. Um, Anything happened this past week that we can talk about? Uh, I figure I kind of 
kind of kill a little time until our uh, very special in-studio guest, uh, the new Miss Minnesota, Rachel Evangelisto, gets here at 2.30. Uh, but between now and then, um, we'll get it. we're going to kind of struggle to come up with content, aren't we? No, not really. Not really. Not really. Um, yeah, I, I knew this this week would probably, this show would probably be one where I'm going to do my darndest to get everything in. Uh, some of the big U.S. Supreme Court decisions that dropped this past week. There were some big ones. I'm going to cover, you know, probably at least two, maybe three of the main ones. Of course, the big kahuna, uh, as we were all anticipating uh, this past week, finally did drop. You know, I was writing at bradcarlson.org uh, this past week, and I weighed in. I said on, um, what was it? It was on Tuesday. On Tuesday, I'm like, hey, a major decision handed down by Supreme Court. No, no, not that decision. And then uh, Wednesday, or excuse me, Thursday, I said, uh, hey, another big U.S. Supreme Court decision just dropped. Now, again, not that decision. Well, finally on Friday, yes, the big kahuna, that decision was finally announced. This is from the Daily Signal. Liberal states cannot require... I mean. Sorry, I started to read the wrong story. See how many stories there are? This is this is uh, from SCOTUS blog. SCOTUS blog. The Supreme Court decision, the Supreme Court on Friday eliminated the constitutional right to obtain an abortion. Hey, you there. It was never in the Constitution. <clears throat> uh, casting aside 49 years of precedent that began with Roe v. Wade. The decision by Justice Samuel Alito will set off a seismic shift in reproductive rights across the United States. It will allow states to ban abortion, and experts expect about half the states to do so. In one of the most anticipated rulings in decades, the court overturned Roe, which first declared a constitutional right to abortion in 1973, and Planned Parenthood v. Casey, which reaffirmed that right in 1992. The decision followed the leak in early May of a draft opinion showing that a majority of the justices were privately poised to take that step. On Friday, they made it official. Well, first off, this isn't an outright ban on abortion. You know what's wild? So many people are convinced that this is an outright ban on the procedure. It's not. In fact, when this draft... Uh, the draft of Justice Alito's opinion leaked in early May, and it was confirmed a couple of days later by the Supreme Court. Yeah, that's a that's a draft we were working on, and uh, by golly, we're going to work on finding who uh, who the leaker is. I don't know how far they are in the progress of determining who leaked that document. We'll be very interested to to see how that uh, investigation is coming along. But once. It was confirmed, yeah, that was that's a draft opinion we've been working on, and oh my gosh, they are getting ready to kick Roe. People went crazy. And a lot of sane, level-headed commentators, and there are a few out there, said, whoa, 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 rein it in, time out, time out. This is not an outright ban on abortion. Really, nothing changes, because you, some of the more pro-life states have already brought forth legislation. Have you heard of these heartbeat bills where 
it's determined a baby has a heartbeat after X number of weeks, and therefore they didn't allow abortions past X number of weeks, i.e. when a heartbeat is first detected. A lot of states were passing these this legislation. And when it was challenged, oftentimes at federal courts, these laws were overturned because they said, whoa, whoa, Roe v. Wade, all right, is the constitutional protection for anyone to get an abortion, so therefore we're throwing out these state laws. And finally, uh, this particular decision that came forth, this was, uh, uh, well, what it was, you're hearing a lot about the uh, the Dobbs decision. Well, what this was, was Dobbs versus um, Jackson Women's Health Organization. So this was a, and again, this is from this uh, the SCOTUS blog. This was a challenge to a 2018 Mississippi law that bans virtually all abortions after the 15th week of pregnancy. The law carves out exceptions for medical emergencies in, case, in cases involving a severe fatal uh, fetal abnormality, but does not make exceptions for cases involving rape or incest. It never went into effect, however, because the lower courts, including the conservative U.S. Court of, uh, of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, found the law clearly inconsistent with Roe and Casey and blocked the state from enforcing it. Friday's decision reversed the lower court's and upheld the law. So this is what really kicked it all off, this Dobbs decision. And because the lower courts cited specifically Roe and Casey, they all it automatic it ultimately went to the Supreme Court. And because the lower courts cited Roe and Casey, that was kind of the trigger, so to speak, for the Supreme Court then to take a judgment or a look at, at the broader question of abortion. And there were reports that Chief Justice Roberts was all was more than willing to say, okay, this Dobbs decision can be upheld, but I think we really ought to preserve Roe. And you know, he, this is this is how Chief Justice Roberts has operated pretty much throughout his time on the court. Is he is very sensitive to the court's legacy under his watch, which many speculate, and there's no way to know this, this is more conjecture than anything, but many do speculate that's the reason he wanted to uphold Obamacare. I mean, a lot of people, you go back to the Obamacare decision, was well, it was 10 years ago this week where the court voted to uphold Obamacare. And people were thinking that Anthony Kennedy was going to be the swing vote. You'd have the four conservatives, the four liberals, and Anthony Kennedy, the swing vote, and it would be hinged upon what Kennedy thought. Well, Kennedy actually wanted to get rid of the whole thing because he thought the individual mandate was compelling commerce. Well, Justice Roberts, in kind of a constitutional finesse, said, well, okay, yeah, you can't compel commerce. You can't force people to buy something they don't aren't interesting in, per, interested in purchasing. However... The way this individual mandate is structured, because Congress has the legislative authority to pass fiscal matters, i.e. tax increases, this is very clearly, by that definition, a tax. Even though the Obama administration didn't want to define it as a tax, because that would not go over well 
coming out of a recession as we were in, in, in late 2008, early 2009, hey, we're going to hike your taxes so you can pay for other people's health insurance. People wouldn't have been too keen on that. So the president kept denying that it was a tax, even though the Supreme Court ruled it was a tax. And how ironic was that? Because then when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was packed and passed in late 2017, because the individual mandate was a tax, that was part of the tax reform package to essentially get rid of it, making Obamacare essentially dormant. I bring now that up to say that Justice Roberts preferred to make rulings to kick things back to the legislative body, where he said, okay, we're preserving Obamacare, but there is still an opportunity at the legislative level to get rid of this thing. Well, obviously in 2012 that didn't happen because Barack Obama was reelected. So even if Congress did pass an Obamacare repeal, obviously President Obama was not going to sign something repealing repealing his signature legislation. So I I bring all that up to say that uh, there were reports that Roberts wanted to keep Roe in place because he didn't want to be his court to be labeled as some radically conservative court. But here's the thing. This was a legal, uh, a legal decision. This was based on legality. It wasn't based on whether or not uh, Roe is a, you know, abortion making abortion readily available is a moral thing or not. The court, the majority opinion, is basically saying this was badly uh, cited law back in 1973. In fact, uh, Antonin uh, Scalia once said, and I'll read a quote from Antonin Scalia, uh, saying, uh, my criticism of Roe is that it seemed to have stopped the momentum on on the side of change. And Roe isn't really about the women's choice, is it? It's about the doctor's freedom to practice. It wasn't woman-centered. It was physician-centered. So it was badly ruled law. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. 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 Did I say Anton Scalia? Oh, wait a minute. That was Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg is saying, you know, a staunch supporter of abortion, quote-unquote, rights, came out and said that this was badly decided law and ultimately had this had not been a had this not been an exercise of raw judicial power which uh, a democratic uh, justice in his dissent in 1973 essentially said this was just raw power we did it because we can do it they should have just let the process play out and then ultimately there would have been some measured abortion legislation but the fact it was decided this way it just made it it just made it untenable going forward so we'll have obviously a lot more to say about this and hey if you would like to weigh in feel free 651-289-4488 you can also uh, leave a comment question via twitter hashtag narn show that's hashtag n-a-r-n show brad carlson the closer coming back with another segment on the broadcast go nowhere Hey, welcome back. AM 12 Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. 
651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. As I am closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can catch my friend and colleague King Banyan on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It's the King Banyan Show, Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m. And here on, uh, on these very airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriots, the headliner, Mitch Berg, Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m., followed immediately by Jack Tomzak, 3 to 5 p.m. Again, that's Saturdays right here on AM 1280. And me, Brad Carlson, closing out weekends. And we do appreciate you tuning in. Again, I uh, programming note mentioned at the top of the show, I'm going to be taking off all the Sundays in July. That's five Sundays in total. Not sure who's going to be filling in for me each of those Sundays, but you're going to want to tune in because uh, we always do well in ginning up some solid guest hosts. One of our favorite guest hosts, Walter Hudson, well, he's precluded from filling in because he's running for Minnesota State House, so campaign finance laws do not allow him to uh, do a radio show. So, uh, but we cer- certainly support Walter in his race, but we wish he could be here, but we understand. So I don't know who's going to be filling in for me those Sundays, but definitely uh, tune in. I will try to tune in as much as I can while I am on hiatus. So I do want to continue talking about huge Supreme Court decision. Again, the Supreme Court decision, Dobbs versus uh, Jackson Women's Health, which also led to the overturning uh of Roe v. Wade. Uh, This was from the editors at National Review. At last, it has taken 49 years and five months, but the Supreme Court has finally reversed the monstrous injustice it worked in 1973. In Roe v. Wade, seven justices cast aside the laws of every state protecting unborn children from the violence of abortion, even though nothing in the text, original understanding, or history of the Constitution authorized them to do so. Now, let me just interject something here. That's a key That's a key aspect. And I said this in the first segment. This has nothing to do with whether abortion is moral, whether you're undermining women's rights. If you want to have that discussion, now we're free to have that discussion because it's going to be left to the states to decide. But... Pro-lifers maintain that the life growing inside of a woman's body is a unique human being with its own unique DNA, and therefore they, that should be offered protections. Whereas the women who are pregnant will say, well, this is my body. It's growing inside my body. I should determine what happens. And essentially denying that it's a separate life, but saying, no, it's only part of me. It's only a life when it actually emerges from the birth canal and, and is born. And some of these radical abortion laws will allow a baby to be aborted up to like 38 weeks. All right? So this decision doesn't mention whether abortion is moral or not. It's saying that there is nothing in the text, original understanding, or history of the Constitution that authorized that court in 1973 to do this. So therefore... We're reversing this decision. So continuing with the National Review editors, uh, the Roe decision in 1973 was an act of raw judicial power, as a Democratic justice wrote in dissent, and even law professors who approved the abortion license Roe created assailed the decision for lacking any constitutional base. One of those law professors, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, progressive hero. 
Uh, decades of work, the efforts of tens of millions of Americans, and persistence through many disappointments were necessary to bring us to this day of correction. Overturning Roe does not guarantee justice for the unborn. Pro-lifers know the work must continue. What the court has done is give pro-lifers the chance to make their case and prevail in democratic fora. Our fundamental law will no no longer effectively treat unborn children as categorically excluded from the most basic protection that law can provide. It is a mighty step forward for the rule of law, self-government, and justice. Amen. So, yeah, this this is something that, again, once this draft decision was leaked in early May, this was talked about. It's like, look, if this if Roe is overturned, nothing really changes except that states have the right to draft their own laws, which states are essentially doing. The most radical abortion laws in the country, California, Colorado, New York, those laws stay in place. Abortion's not banned. And don't you love how uh, Governor Tim Walls talking all tough? Well, well, well reproductive rights. They're they're not they're not going to be overturned on my watch. Well, um, in fact, let me look up at the tweet. Yeah, he says, uh, "Here's a, here's the tweet from Governor Tim Walz. I'll read it right now. While abortion remains legal in Minnesota, Minnesota's neighboring states are expected to severely restrict reproductive freedom. That's why I signed an executive order to help protect people seeking or providing abortions in Minnesota." from legal repercussions in other states. Your reproductive freedom will remain protected in Minnesota as long as I am office, which uh, we hope isn't for more than uh, another six months, if we have our way. But I digress. And this is just grandstanding. This is nothing more than grandstanding by an incumbent governor, obviously very worried about his re-election prospects. Because the Supreme Court already addressed that issue. Specifically, Justice Kavanaugh. I'll read Justice Kavanaugh's uh, concurring opinion. First is the question of how this decision will affect other precedents involving issues such as contraception and marriage. In particular, the decisions in Griswold versus Connecticut, Loving v. Virginia, and Obergfell v. Hodges. I emphasize what the court today states. Overruling Roe does not mean the overruling of these precedents and does not threaten or cast doubts on these precedents, on those precedents. So for these people, these leftist blue checks on Twitter who saying, be careful, gays, minorities, you're next. No, they're not. Second, as I see it, some of the other abortion related legal questions raised by the decision, Roe decision, are not especially difficult as a constitutional matter. For example, May a state bar a resident of that state from traveling to another state to obtain an abortion? In my view, the answer is no, based on the constitutional right to interstate travel. May a state retroactively oppose liability or punishment for an abortion that occurred before today's decision takes effect? In my view, the answer is no, based on the due process clause or ex post facto clause. So there you have it. Brett Kavanaugh, in his con- in his concurring opinion, addresses that very thing. So when Tim Walls and Attorney General Keith Ellison get up there and says, well, if uh, women from Iowa, where they have a very restrictive abortion law, and the Dakotas, if they come over here for an abortion, we're going to deny any extradition to bring them back and charge with a crime. Are you freaking serious? But you know what? They, they know full well. They are 
fully aware. I would bet they're fully aware of Justice Kavanaugh's concurring opinion here. They just want a, a, a soundbite because both are in real electoral trouble. Keith Ellison, especially, is a very vulnerable incumbent. Walls, the latest polls show that Dr. Scott Jensen's within the margin uh, margin of error in defeating Governor Tim Walls this this November. So they need all, they need all the sound bites they can get. So they're relying on the naivete and, in some cases, stupidity of voters that they don't really know what's in this decision. And they can raise this issue, which is a non-issue. Women are free to travel here from North Dakota, South Dakota, and Iowa. And because abortion is still very much legal here in Minnesota because of a, of a case, Doe v. Gomez, decided by the Minnesota Supreme Court that codified abortion in the Minnesota State Constitution. So the only way to overturn that is with a Supreme Court Minnesota State Supreme Court's willing to do so. The current makeup of the Minnesota Supreme Court ain't happening. So the only other way, amend the Constitution. How do you do that? A ballot question where the citizens vote on it. And and are there a majority of citizens in the state of Minnesota willing to vote on such a ballot question to amend the state constitution to make abortion illegal? I don't know. Is that planned by the Jensen campaign? I don't know. But that's the only way it happens. 651 289-4488 289-4488 is the number to call. Vincent, if you want to hold on line one, I promise to take your call when we come back. Me, Brad Carlson, on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Welcome back. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Here to take your call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Talking about the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade. 49 years that was in place, uh, ruling that the court back then erred that uh, the abortion should not have been considered codified in the uh, U.S. Constitution. Uh, by the way, it was, uh, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, uh, Justin Amish, former uh, congressman out of the state of Michigan, uh, made a very uh, important point uh, regarding this decision. Now, many Republicans are mistakenly arguing that abortion isn't a right because it's not in the Constitution. The Constitution doesn't grant any rights. The issue with abortion is not that it's not enumerated as a right, but rather that it clashes with someone else's right to life. I think that's an awesome summation because, again, this is what the argument is against abortion. A lot of, particularly, a lot of pro-lifers are chided as you know being anti-women, want to control women, Handmaid's Tale, all that garbage. When in actuality, they consider the baby in utero as a separate, unique human being with its own unique DNA, and the science even says as much. And the court's ruling about how the law was poorly decided reflects that. So I just thought I'd get to that uh, portion of it. I do have one sound clip that I did want to get to. This is from, uh, I'm not, I I had not heard of uh, Sarah B. Smith, uh, or excuse me, Sarah Elliott, I think you made name Smith, Sarah Elliott, she is the spokeswoman for Republicans overseas in the U.K. as well as the chair 
of the Hamilton Society. She was on GB News. That is a news network in the United Kingdom. And she was asked by a couple of hosts of this program about her thoughts on Roe v. Wade being overturned. This is about a four-minute clip. I may intersperse my own comments here and there, but I think it's worth listening to the whole clip, especially how these U.K. hosts push back at her uh, her view of this decision. She undoubtedly thinks it's a good decision. She gets some pushback here. So, Jacob, you've got cut number one ready. This is uh, Sarah Elliott appearing on GB News in the U.K., I imagine that you welcome this overturning of Roe v. Wade. Yes, I do. And I I find it absolutely amazing. It's happened in my lifetime. But I welcome this because it's actually back to democracy. It's putting this issue that was decided by nine Supreme Court judges back to the people where it should have been decided before. One of the reasons why this issue is so hotly contested in the United States is that it wasn't decided by the people through the democratic process of the legislatures. And now it will be. And it will go to the states where those states will be able to reflect the will and the views of the people who live there. And, you know, for 50 years, there's absolutely been no uh, way that states can restrict abortion. So actually, our abortion legislation and is quite radical in the United States. You know, Kamala Harris, our vice president, you know, believes you can have one up to 38 weeks. Um, you know, places like California, New York, and Virginia were saying that if a baby survives an abortion, we can uh, deny it care. Uh, so these are all things that are quite out of step uh, with mainstream Americans. And what you're going to find is actually... America's going to look a lot more like Britain and Europe no, on abortion. In what way? Stop right there. Stop right there. So that's an important point because progressives like they their goal, they talk about uh, their goal of modeling America after European countries. And here's the thing, you know, as if we're, you know, as we're, we're some backwards country that we need to catch up with the rest of the world and they want to, mo- you know, we want the progress of Europe. Well, here's the thing. Uh, abort limits, abortion limits for European countries, Spain, 14 weeks, France, 14 weeks, Belgium, 12 weeks. Now, the U.K. is kind of an outlier here, 24 weeks, Norway, 12 to 18 weeks. OK, the let's not forget the the law, the suit that determine this case that ultimately got to the Supreme Court, the Dobbs suit, was over in a law that restricted abortion 15 weeks. I mean, they're talking about southern states as these, you know, backwoods individuals, and they put a limit at 15 weeks, which is more, longer than Spain, France, and Belgium. But yet, we're, we're too stuffy, we're too backwards, we're not progressive enough in that particular area. For these for these progs. So, uh, again, she was uh, asked uh, or Sarah Elliott had indicated they're kind of aligning more now with Europe. Let's uh, continue. Sarah Elliott talking to uh, GB News. Demand. I'm sorry. In Britain, you can have an abortion up demand. to 24 weeks. Yes. You can go this, full term. This ruling isn't about 24 weeks. This ruling is is basically saying that in some states there will be no abortion. That's because those people believe life begins at conception or after a heartbeat. 
Um, I mean, for me, as a pro-life woman, I find that this protects life from the beginning of conception because I believe it's still a human being when a unique genetic code is formed. And these are defenseless, vulnerable, voiceless humans in the womb that can't defend themselves. In some cases, themselves. so are the mothers, defenseless, yes. voiceless, and, I, and human. Well, and I believe that actually abortion is not actually good for women. There are a lot of side effects to abortion that are not discussed. Uh, you know, depression, uh, uh, drug abuse that follows, you know, such a procedure. I mean, it, it's actually, I think that this is a great argument for the community to come and support the woman in her decision. And we, everyone should no, have no, a she chance She doesn't have life. a decision, though, does she? You say support the woman in her decision, but in many cases she won't have the decision. She'll, be, she'll have to go ahead Stop with right the pregnancy. There. She'll have to go ahead with the, with the pregnancy. Well, here's something that not enough people are talking about or when they do talk about it they're shouted down or they're they're decried as insensitive or trying to control women's bodies and trying to control women's decisions in the bedroom no not at all you're we're just letting you know that there are consequences to these decisions i mean pregnancy isn't just some disease that all of a sudden happens upon you you know i mean it's it's pretty evident how pregnancy happens you know, there was an article that came out after the Dobbs uh, draft was leaked in early May. I forget which outlet wrote about it, but it was like, is this could this possibly be the end of hookup culture? Like it was a, like it's a bad thing. Well, you know, obviously one of the side effects, potential side effects of sex is getting pregnant. That's pretty obvious, right? But there's an emotional component of it that can also wreak havoc. And again, I'm not suggesting at all to bring some sort of legislation in place to try to limit the activities of people in the bedroom. Not at all. Not at all. But again, this comes to the issue where we were saying, if indeed Roe is kicked, like this this leaked decision shows, and ultimately it was, the pro-life outreach is only starting, is only beginning, because now that you have to go into the arena of ideas, you have to be willing to engage the opposite side in the arena of ideas in order for the states to pass laws that you find acceptable. And I got to tell you, uh, attacking the state capitol, like in Phoenix, Arizona, and firebombing pregnancy crisis pregnancy centers, I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably not the best methodology to change hearts and minds, but what do I know? So this uh, this clip has about a minute and a half to go, and again, uh, Sarah Elliott talking to this British news duo where they're saying, well, they won't have a choice. Well, they do, they do have a choice, and, you know, obviously... There are some states that are going to ban abortions. And, you know, this. To, to be fair, this British anchor makes a fair point. She says, well, wait a minute. Some young girls that get pregnant at 14 or 15 aren't going to be able to afford to grow, go across state lines. So this is an evolving discussion. And, again, that has to happen. And it should be a welcome one for pro-lifers. So we'll play the final minute and a half of this clip. Here we go. 
happy, whether she likes it or not. Or she can go to another state, because guess what? There's if she's going got to the money several. to go to another state, if she's got the freedom to travel, if she's a, a 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old girl who suddenly found herself pregnant by accident or maybe even by rape, um, she's not going to be free to be able to travel, to move, to okay. take the time off. Well, of the 63 million abortions in the last 50 years, about not 5% are incest or rape. This has been used over the last 50 years as a form of contraception. Oh, which please. A lot of Are you people, honestly suggesting yes. women see it, some women see it as a form of contraception? Have Absolutely. you ever heard of shout your abortion? Are you honestly abortion? saying to me that some women take this decision to have an abortion sort of glibly? Sure. Shout your abortion? The That's spectrum. pretty glib. But there are people who do it multiple times for that very reason. They absolutely have confessed it. You look at the pro-choice supporters out there, they, will, they are proud of it. Let, let me tell you, this is a Some moral are. issue. Not. Some are. Yeah, and it is. A, and you know what? What this does, actually, is it starts the conversation is when does human life begin? And this is a serious decision. And actually, the women's lives are extremely important. This is not anti-woman. This is pro-woman. This is talking about how can we help women have protections. This is, and also, you know, most Americans, 13% uh, of women actually, don't want to have, a, don't agree with third-term abortions, right? So actually, the, two out of three Americans actually want restrictions on abortion after 20 weeks. So you're just going to see, actually, Americans' laws reflect that of Europe. Okay. So there's Sarah Elliott again, uh, her credentials. She's uh, the spokeswoman for Republicans overseas in the U.K. and chair of the Hamilton Society. So, yeah, I, I thought that that was a productive discussion, you know, because those are legitimate concerns. Because there are going to be states, again, who are going to be solidly pro-abortion and their laws, like I say, some of the more radical abortion laws, California, Colorado, New York, and again, unless the state constitution is amended here in Minnesota, obviously Minnesota will still be pretty strong pro-abortion. Where women can travel to and have an abortion and, and don't have to fear criminal penalty, despite uh, Keith Ellison and Tim Walls saying that there's a possibility of that happening, which there is not. Again, read Justice Kavanaugh's concurring opinion. But that's a legitimate question. What about young teen girls that get pregnant? They certainly don't have the financial wherewithal to grow across state lines. Their parents probably may not want to foot the bill, and they're going to have to be forced to go through this pregnancy. This is a discussion that pro-lifers need to be willing to have, and I believe they have been because this is an issue where they've been talking about Roe being overturned. I mean, I, I was born in 1969. Roe came in, you know, was decided 1973. So it's been the law of the land the vast majority of my life. And I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't see it ever going away. But now the fact that it has, okay, it's only the beginning. Yeah, there was cause for celebration. And yes, this is undeniably a good thing if you're a pro-lifer. But we know that the real work just begins. 651-289-4488, that is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. Hey, welcome back. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network, with me, Brad Carls. Thanks for tuning in. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. 
That's the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. One final segment this hour. Talking about the uh, big decisions at the Supreme Court. Spending, uh, well, all this hour about Roe v. Wade being kicked. We'll definitely get to some of the other decisions in the second hour. But uh, I do want to finish up a couple of thoughts. You know, I've been saying the past couple of segments that the work, if you're a pro-lifer like I am, the work is just beginning. uh, Because this is something that has been available for half a century. And I thought, uh, this is a Washington Examiner, uh, David Ferdoso, uh, writing at the Washington Examiner, saying that the reversal of Roe v. Wade ends an era in American politics during which an elective medical procedure to kill one's baby was treated as a sacred cow outside the realm of democracy. It also puts the shoe on the other foot for those who have been screaming about our democracy for months now. Roe's reversal by sending the question of abortion back to the states is a restoration of democracy. The Constitution, which obviously is silent on the subject of abortion, will no longer be treated as an impediment to states' legitimate interests, which was even invoked in Roe itself in protecting innocent human life from destruction. So that's uh, that's an important uh, that's an important point here. Is that whenever pro-lifers came out and decried abortion, the pro-abortion crowd. You know, they didn't really have to have a coherent argument. It was always, you know, my body, my choice. But you can make the argument, well, we know now that that is a viable human being and it's got separate DNA. And that's why we are such staunch pro-lifers as we believe that that is a separate, independent life, independent of your body. And, they, you know, the pro-abortion wouldn't really have to have a coherent argument. They'd say, wow. Regardless, it's, you know, it's constitutionally protected right. You know, that was their argument. But now they actually have to use a meritorious argument to continue the process of abortion, which, again, is going to be decided in the individual states. And it's fair to assume that probably close to half the states in the union are going to have some legislation to restrict abortion. And again, can't emphasize this enough. This does not change things in states like Indiana or Indiana. Uh, I should say Colorado, New York, California, Virginia. Well, heck, you heard, remember then Governor Northam talking about uh, they want to deny a baby born alive during an abortion medical care. I mean, it doesn't get much more radical than that. I mean, those those laws, unless you know, they're somehow amended or changed with new representation are are still in place. But this just gives an opportunity now for you to make your case to voters, which is the way it should be. You know what's wild is how people were pitching a fit saying a constitutional right was taken away, but yet how gun rights, you know, and I'll talk about that case in the next hour. There was a gun rights case uh, in New York that, shot down a restrictive gun law in New York because the Second Amendment is actually in the Constitution and very explicitly stated in the Constitution what the right to keep and bear arms is like. So a lot of these progs, they have it they have it backwards. 
It's like, well, no. What the what the courts ruled in the New York gun case was actually upholding and citing the Constitution. And what they ruled in Roe v. Wade is like, well, that the Constitution never specifically mentioned abortion. That was a poor legal ruling. So, again, uh, I'll read a little bit more from this Washington Examiner piece. Although this event is monumental, it would be a mistake to think it is the end. In fact, even where states pass complete bans on abortion, I expect a handful will do so. That is not the end either. If you want to help create a culture that values every baby's life, I would recommend that you start by donating to a reputable pregnancy help center. Folks, do your research. I'm not going to tell you which ones those are. This is part of the work that has to be done. Do your research. Find out what uh, center, pregnancy center, can be trusted with your dollars, your hard-earned dollars. So this is, uh, again, very very good advice here by uh, David Verdoso, Washington Examiner. Uh, Pat's in Minneapolis. Pat, we only have about a minute to go. Make it quick. Yeah, hi. I think um, I wanted to touch on Thomas's comments about contraception and, of course, gay marriage. I think we need to know that contraception, certain forms of it, is an abortifacient. But also there's much more scientific information coming out about the pill, especially, that, and same as the information coming out about the fetal development in Roe versus Wade. So I think that we need to back up to discussion even of contraception, what that means, how it affects women, how it affects their fertile pheromones and the man's testosterone level, how it can destroy society, and um, lots of different biological information about that, studies coming out that are fascinating that we didn't know back in what 1930 when they first started contraception, some of the... Um, Anglican or some of the Protestant denominations, and then spread from there. But I think that's a good discussion to have as well. It's not necessarily constitutional, but it's scientific, and we I think we should follow the science in that area. So I want your comments about that and Thomas's opinion and why you think he might have mentioned that. Yeah, uh, boy, that uh, would require a whole other segment. Appreciate that, Pat. But yeah, uh, I'll just we only have about twenty seconds, so I'll just say yeah, that's a part of a broader discussion. And one of the suggestions that's been made is, you know, why can't birth control be made available over the counter? And obviously, do your research before making any purchases like that. Like you should make, do research for any health product purchase. So appreciate the comments, Pat. Thanks so much. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.